You're listening to Teach Me the Bible podcast, where we unpack the meaning of books, passages, and themes from Scripture. Join us each week as Dr. David Klingler walks us through God's Word and teaches the Bible. Each episode has a study guide available in the show notes. This is Teach Me the Bible podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to Teach Me the Bible. My name is Alex Wolf. I'm here with Dr. Kling, David Klingler. Um, and our mission is to help the people of God understand the Word of God. And so we're glad that you've joined us. Um, and we are in the book of Philippians, but before we jump in, I just want to remind you of some of the other resources we have available. We have an app. We have a website, teachmethebible.com, with all kinds of things on there to help you dive deeper uh, beyond just the podcast. So we have blog posts. We have uh, different Bible studies and things that you can do, um, different series uh, within the podcast itself. And so I encourage you to go check that out and download our app for easy access. But um, last week... We introduced the book of Philippians. We kind of raised some of the uh, important issues and uh, kind of discussed a little bit about what we can expect as we go through this book. And today we're just going to dive into uh, chapter one, verse one, and we're going to we're going to walk on through it. And so, uh, buckle up; it's going to be a good ride. Yeah. So, so remember uh, just a quick review of of what we said in the overview that. Um, that there's a situation at hand. Paul mm-hmm. feels it necessary to address immediately. Uh, Epaphrodites has, was sick. Uh, word, he is concerned that word has gotten back to the Philippian church. Uh, and uh, and so he is, Paul is sending Epaphrodites back to them so that he can be less concerned about them. And then he tells them, after I send uh, Epaphrodites, I will be sending Timothy as soon as I figure out mm-hmm. my situation here in prison and how it's going to, to play out. Uh, and so, so there's a historical situation that causes Paul to uh, to write. Uh, the Philippian church uh, has been uh, on Paul's side almost from the beginning. And so we pick it up. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons. That's an interesting inclusion there. And I think that he's going to address uh, some of these uh, men specifically and directly uh, when he um, he talks in chapter four about a situation that's going on there that he needs their help with. And so keep that in mind. Um, grace to y'all and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of y'all, always offering prayer with joy in every prayer for all of y'all. <clears throat> in view of y'all's participation in the gospel from the first day until now. Now, uh, this doesn't mean from the first day of creation, from the first mm-hmm. day of Christ, but from the first time Paul showed up, preached the gospel, they've joined him in this um, in, in this um, um, evangelistic mm-hmm. um, mission that Paul is engaged in. Real, Being, real quick, yep. uh, uh, just to, uh, to remind our listeners in case they've not been with us before, uh, that y'all language you're using is very intentional. Yeah, it's, right? it's yeah, that's yeah, right. That it's, every one of these yous is a plural you. Yes. talking to them as a whole. Yep. Yeah. So um, shout out to that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's absolutely right. He's writing to the church along with the overseers and deacons, and so mm-hmm. uh, so um, the reason why he is 
uh, thanking God in his remembrance of them and praying for them is because of their participation in the gospel from the first day until now. And not only from the first day until now, but he's confident that it's going to continue mm-hmm. of being confident in this very thing, that he who began the good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. For it's only right for me to feel this way about you. In other words, y'all are going to hang in there with me. It's only right for me to feel this way about you because I have you in my heart. Since both in my imprisonment and defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of grace with me. You have stood with me Mm. through uh, imprisonment, through the defense. You've been with me from the first day until now. And so I'm confident that you're going to continue. For God is my witness, how I long for you all with the affection that uh, is uh, Christ, the affection of Christ Jesus, And I pray this, that your love may abound still more in the true knowledge uh, and all discernment, so that you may approve of the things which are excellent, in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ Jesus. Um, uh, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is good, Dwell on these things. That's chapter four. Mm-hmm. He's saying it in chapter one. He's going to say it in chapter four that uh, that uh, you know you may uh, approve of the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness, which comes through faith uh, uh, through Christ Jesus to the glory of, and praise of of God. And so that's a long introduction. He's introduced um, <clears throat> several of the. Really, the main issue, mm-hmm. the main issue is this is a letter of encouragement, but that that's too general. It's a letter mm-hmm. of encouragement to encourage them to continue on as they have been doing in their participation of the gospel in light of Paul's specific situation and circumstances. Mm-hmm. Don't let my circumstances or what's happened with Epaphrodites sway from your steadfast commitment to mm-hmm. participation in the gospel, mm-hmm. right? Now, I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. They have heard that he's in prison. Uh, you know, he's here he is in prison, so that my imprisonment in Christ, or maybe it's translated, for the cause of Christ. In other words, my imprisonment in Christ, um, for the cause of Christ, for the sake of Christ, has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and everyone else. <laughs> And most of the brethren, trusting uh, uh, in the Lord because of my imprisonment, have more for, uh, far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. Some, to be sure, are preaching Christ from envy and strife, but s- some also from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I'm, uh, I'm appointed for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, rather than from pure motives, Thinking, uh, thinking to cause me distress in my imprisonment. Let's stop there because that's an important point. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Paul's response to this. Um, Christ is being preached. Some are doing it correctly. Others have a health and wealth theology attached to it <clears throat> that if you serve Christ, then you'll be blessed. And I, I, you would think he would say, well, okay, well, then they need to stop preaching Christ. Mm-hmm. He's saying, well, uh, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in this, I will rejoice. I will rejoice in the proclamation of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, even if it's not perfect, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> um, good. Uh, none of us have arrived at the, the perfect presentation of the gospel. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, 
Paul's saying, look, I'm, I'm, you know, the spirit of the Lord can work through people with an imperfect message. Mm. Well, praise God for that because uh, <laughs> that's what uh, so we all so often yeah. do. We're in but trouble we, if you can't. <laughs> yeah, but we ought to really strive yeah. for a clear right. and precise and theologically correct mm-hmm. presentation. But I love Paul's response here, his, his gracious response here to those who are motivated out of something other than the pure faith, which means that they lack, uh, what does he say here? Uh, they lack uh, real knowledge and discernment. Mm-hmm. Uh, true knowledge and discernment. They're on the trail. Mm-hmm. Uh, they believed in Christ, um, but they need to have their faith perfected. That's good. Uh, verse 19, for I know that uh, this, my imprisonment, uh, shall turn out for my deliverance through y'all's prayers and provision of the Spirit of Christ Jesus. Now, it's important that we don't read too much in here. Recognize who Paul is. Recognize his ministry. Recognize why he was called to Christ. Uh, he was called for the the specific ministry of taking the gospel to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And that work is not finished. Uh, and so um, his he is assured that he apparently here uh, is feels assured that he's going to be delivered from this imprisonment because he knows the task that the Lord has assigned to him. Now, mm-hmm. uh, would Stephen have that same assurance? Mm. Would uh, Lot uh, or, or uh, um, uh, not Lot, um, uh, Abel have that same assurance? In mm. other words, um, there were people who were martyred all along the way, and so you can't just say, well, uh, the Lord protects the believer. Well, no, the, the Lord has never protected the believer in the sense that we tend to claim. Mm-hmm. Um, but Paul has this specific assurance uh, because uh, he knows his ministry mm-hmm. uh, that's not yet fulfilled. Uh, according to the earnest expectation and hope that I shall not be put to shame in anything, but with all boldness, Christ shall, yes, uh, shall even now, as always, be exalted in my body whether by my life or by my death, for to me, to live is Christ to die is gain. That's how he can say that, right? He can say verse 21 because he's assured in verse 20 um, that Christ will be exalted in my body whether they kill me or whether they let me go, whether I'm in prison or whether I'm not in prison, whether I'm, uh, you know, everything that I do in my life is going to be for service of Christ. Uh, and if I, they kill me, I'll be with the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. And that'll be good too. Mm-hmm. And Christ will be exalted in my life and also in my death. Uh, I'm going to live for Christ, and I'm willing to die for Christ, right? But if I'm to live on in the flesh, this is fruitful labor for me. And I don't know which to choose, right? But I am hard-pressed in both directions. Having a desire to depart and be with Christ, that's better for me. But to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for Mm y'all. Because y'all are not yet to the point of real knowledge Mm -hmm. and discernment, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm convinced of this, uh, that I shall remain and continue with you, uh, with you all for, uh, for your progress and join the faith. His ministry isn't done. Mm-hmm. So that your proud confidence in me may abound in Christ Jesus through me coming to you again. Only conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I may hear that you are standing firm in one spirit, 
in one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, in no way alarmed by the opponents. I love this verse. Uh, interestingly, I've got them all in, uh, underlined. <laughs> this one, I don't have it. Uh, maybe it's because it's not underlined. That's an important verse. That was the answer. <laughs> in no way alarmed by uh, opponents, by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, hmm. but of salvation for you. And this too is from God. What's he saying here? Uh, the uh, the antagonists, who we're going to learn more about as we go through this book, these Jews, uh, they're saying, would you all look at Paul? Look at him. He's in prison. God's judged him. You sent him a, a gift through Epaphrodites, and the guy gets sick. I mean, how much more evidence do you need that we're right uh, and you're wrong and he's wrong? And then... Uh, these antagonists see that the Philippians don't even respond to it. Hmm. They're like, no, I'm sorry, you don't understand the gospel. I mean, look at the next verse. Hmm. For to you, it has been granted for Christ's sake. For, for to y'all, it has been granted for Christ's sake. Hmm. Uh, boy, let that sink in. Hmm. It, it's a, it is a privilege to engage in the fellow suffering of Christ, wow. which is what he's going to talk about in chapter 3. Mm -hmm. uh, for to you it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, experiencing the same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me. Mm. Um, wow. They say you have the wrong theology, you're unmoved. Uh, they persecute you, you don't waver at all. Uh, they uh, beat you as they did me, they they kill you as they did me. Th this was the theology of the early church. Mm -hmm. They they understood the implications of the gospel. Um, that uh, that let's jump forward a little bit here. Mm -hmm. um, it, Paul talks about all of the stuff that they have, these antagonists have, I had it all. This is what you're going to say in chapter three. And so we need to make the point here because he's going to return to that point. And we're going to break this up into four weeks. They kept reading. Mm -hmm. So they understood exactly what he was saying here in like five more minutes. Right. Okay. <laughs> but we're going to, uh, it's going to be, you know, two more weeks before we get to, right. to this point. But, uh, but he says, you know, I was, uh, you know, Jew of Jews, circumcised on the eighth day. I had everything that they esteem. But whatever things that were gained to me, these things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. It, not only to believe in Christ, but to suffer for his sake. Mm. More than that, I count uh, all things as loss in view of their surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. This is in chapter 3, verse 8. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Mm. Not only uh, granted to believe in him, but to suffer for him. Um uh, and I count them all as worthless, and we'll talk about that, that I may be found in him, uh, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law. That's what they, that's what the antagonists claim. But that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which, which comes from God on the basis of faith. For what purpose? That I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death in order that I may attain the resurrection from the dead. That's the goal. That's the reward. Not that I've already obtained it, but I press on, forgetting what lays behind, 
reaching forward to what lays ahead, I press on to the goal of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That is Paul's secret. Mm. His secret that he says, in, I've found the secret to learning how to get along with all, uh, get along with nothing, to be abundantly supplied, uh, to, to have nothing at all and be, be suffering. Mm-hmm. The goal is Christ. The secret is Christ. Resurrection, Resurrection. from the dead. Yep. And so uh, for your sake, it has been granted not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, experiencing the same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me. Mm-hmm. Christ suffered. Paul suffered. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer. This is the consistent message of Paul in, to the Romans, uh, to Timothy, to the Philippians, to in everything that he writes. This is Paul's theology. And so when the antagonist sees that, the, uh, that these Philippians are absolutely unmoved, uh, that should the cause signs. them alarm, hmm. right? Uh, when you're not alarmed... It should cause them alarm. When when you're not swayed uh, by their claims of destruction, you know, look, Paul's over there being destroyed, he's suffering and all this stuff. Uh, it's a sign of destruction for them. It's not a sign of destruction for Paul, right? Uh, and so, uh, so the uh, the Philippians, the Gentiles, were to be a witness back. Mm-hmm. To those who are supposed to be God's chosen people, that's right, right, and and so we're going to get into that next week yeah. uh, when we look at this uh, the that Paul's suffering, Paul's appeal to Christ as the example for suffering, and why then they are to uh, endure mm-hmm. this suffering and what will happen when they do, mm-hmm. and so that's next week in chapter two. That's good. That's good. So uh, just to recap: He wants them to continue on. Absolutely. And the participation of the gospel, which they started at the beginning. Yep. And now in light of his suffering, continue on. And even in light of your own suffering, continue on. Don't be alarmed. Stay steadfast. That's essentially yep. chapter one. Oh, yeah. and we're it's coming. Through. Yep. Suffering is coming. Absolutely. Period. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have aligned yourself with Christ, you're going to suffer. Mm-hmm. This is nothing new from Cain and Abel on. And it's not going to change until Christ returns. Mm-hmm. So if you think it's going to be different, if you were called to a gospel that said, come to Jesus and he'll fix all your problems, um, he'll make your life wonderful. Well, that's true. But you better figure out when. Uh, when you participate in the resurrection of Christ, when you are raised from the dead that's as good. he was raised from the dead, then your yeah. life will be wonderful. Yeah. It's Until interesting. then, buckle up. Yeah, it's interesting the subtle difference between Paul's theology and the prosperity gospel is just a timing issue. It absolutely right? is. Yeah, so it, it absolutely know is. Know when you are. Yes. Yeah. And, 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 and this is a, a point that we need to, I think, probably maybe mention at, at this time, is that how we read the text, and, and if we are careful readers of the text, um, and how we define the terms. Do we define the terms in the way that the scriptures define them, or do we add our definitions to them? Mm. And the reason why I'm saying that is, is the kingdom now? Mm. If the kingdom is now, you ought to expect kingdom reward now. Um, If the kingdom is not now, but a future and coming kingdom, then what should you expect now? Uh, If the kingdom was now, would Paul say, uh, well, now's the time for suffering? No, if the kingdom was now, he'd say, Now's the time to rejoice mm-hmm. in your reward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so 
we are what we're committed to here at Teach Me the Bible is to not read our theology in. We're we are we're going to stick with what the text is saying and then try to figure out uh, and match our theological system to the text rather than mandate proclaim what the text can and can't be saying mm-hmm. and then quote hold these things in tension because yeah. we hold a theology that says now is the kingdom and now is the time of kingdom blessing yet paul is telling uh them to suffer and so we have to hold these things in tension i'm going there's no tension here mm-hmm. there's no tension at all paul's saying this ain't the kingdom kingdom's coming mm. <laughs> now's the time for suffering uh, and so this is the time of the delay in between Christ's death, burial, resurrection, and his return. Mm. Uh, and so as he suffered, so also I suffer, so also you will suffer. But when the king comes, the suffering will end. Mm. Uh, and so it's very clear That's good. Uh, and uh, and concise. Wow, that's really helpful. Thank you. Um, well, next week we're going to pick up in chapter 2 where we'll really start to get into the details of what's causing Paul concern and what's caused him to write this letter, which we've already talked about some, but we'll kind of get into those details and help to make it crystal clear for for all of us. And so uh, we hope to see you next week in chapter two. Thanks for listening to Teach Me the Bible podcast. Our desire is to use the power of God's word to change lives. For more information, download our app. Join us next week for another episode of Teach Me the Bible.